0: Welcome to Micro College. This week on Micro College, we are thrilled to be speaking with uh, the founders and leaders of, of an exciting uh, young program in Egypt. Um, this is the Noor Holistic Education Program, which d- runs programs in, in the Sinai around St. Catherine's Monastery, one of the really holy and fascinating places in the whole world. Um, our guests today are Mohammed Basuni. Um, who has been working in the education field for over 10 years. He started his career in Egypt and then transitioned to the African Leadership Academy in South Africa and later served as the Dean of Academics at the Island School in the Bahamas. Basuni has also been involved with education work in Algeria, Rwanda, Japan, Brazil, the United Kingdom, and the US, and has recently returned to Egypt to start NUR. Uh, He also serves as the Dean of Students at Manara, a new boarding school in Egypt. so thank you for joining us, Muhammad Bass. Thank you. Thank so, you, Jacob. Our other guest today is, is a person I'm really excited to be speaking with. Um, who uh, This is Ahmed Yahya, um, who has spent some time here in Viroqua. Uh, has family who lives here in Wisconsin, um, and has spent some time at the Youth Initiative High School where where, I was a student and also a teacher at the same time. And Ahmed graduated with a bachelor's uh, in in political science from the American University in Cairo. His travels post-graduation introduced him to different worlds and opened his eyes to alternative ways of education. And I should mention, uh, Ahmed, in addition, to spending time here uh, at Waldorf High School in, in uh, Wisconsin, also spent some time at a Danish folk high school, which is another a thread that we've been following here on the, on the podcast. Um, in engaging in the field of non-formal education, Ahmed has worn many hats, student, observer, facilitator, curriculum designer, which has given him a range of perspectives on how empowering and playful learning can be. This quest led him to the Meshka martial arts school in Egypt. He joined the three year full time program where he learned different traditional Chinese martial arts and medicine. A new connection was created instantly between martial arts and alternative education. Being a student in a traditional martial arts school has deepened his personal understanding of learning, specifically learning using the body. So thank you
1: for joining us, Ahmed. Thank you, Jacob. I'm uh, happy to be here and excited to be with you and talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Um, folks who have listened to the podcast will know that we uh, we like to ground our conversations in in people's biographies. We heard a little bit about your biographies, but um, I'd like to ask each of you to think back to the period when you were 18 to 21 years old, um, and think about the people that were in your life at that time, the places where you were, the things that you were doing, and and just could you share some reflections about what what was important to you during those periods during that period of your life and 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 how that might shape uh what you've gone on to do since then
2: Uh Bas, you want to start Sure Uh well first just let me say thank you for for hosting us and thank you for taking for taking time to to have a conversation I was telling Ahmed it's always amazing to have conversations with with people who have a passion regardless of where this passion is uh so thank you for making time for this um i guess to to your question when i'm between 18 and 21 um i was teaching <laughs> funny enough i was teaching when I was, I was i started teaching earlier so 18 definitely i was teaching and i think that the two major things that were happening in my life between 18 and 21 were were teaching well obviously also studying but aside from studying it was teaching and and training i'm a student of so i'm a student of martial arts um so these two and and this was a, a really kind of trans, transitional period and a pivotal period in my life with martial arts i transitioned from many forms of martial arts to to the one that i'm currently doing which is capoeira um and so this was a really interesting um well interesting is a bad word it's a really um, it, it changed a lot of me. It changed. It changed my my view on martial arts in general, and my approach to it, and my relationship with it. Um, so that's that's kind of from the physical piece, and and from the from the practice piece. And in, in, in a career of education, I was also I was teaching. Then I was teaching by the by this time I was teaching for a long time uh, the GCSEs curriculum. Um, I was a private tutor and then i transitioned to ib curriculum uh, where i was teaching still physics and mathematics uh, yeah tutoring is how i started my, my journey in this field mm-hmm. cool. yeah
0: i think something that stands out about about martial arts both of you mentioned you know martial arts and your in your biographies as being important like is is the kind of the student teacher relationship there is is yeah. heightened in a way versus some other forms of teaching perhaps Are there were there people like there were key like figures in in your life as you, as you kind of got into those into into martial arts and those those things that you were learning
2: yeah um the the relationship with your teacher is extremely important uh in martial arts and it plays a central role in your development and in your in, in, in your understanding um And it it has a lot of, uh, I think, I I think of martial arts, you know, know, when you were talking about my biography just now, you you were mentioning some of the countries, some of the countries that work in education that I've done there, namely Brazil, is purely on martial arts. I I find martial arts, uh, and I'm going to talk about Capoeira to be more specific. Ahmed can talk about more Chinese side of it. Uh, They have a a, a really well-structured, naturally-structured, uh, education system that allows everyone that goes into it to learn to learn something and learn it well, and and learn it from a holistic perspective and not only from um, and that's again martial arts who are who are rooted in traditions who are rooted in 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 you know ancestral practices. So the relationship with your teacher is extremely important because it is a symbol uh, of a higher relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it is not. Uh, that that's something common i find in many martial arts it is the relationship with your teacher is extremely important but part of your honoring this relationship is you're honoring a higher relationship and an ecosystem of relationships and also in the same in a negative sense disrespecting this relationship says more than just disrespecting your teacher as a person you there there is something here so Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, I don't know if yeah. this answers your
0: question. But... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll, we'll, we'll clearly go back, we'll go into that a bit more, Um important theme. Um, maybe, Ahmad, what, before we get too far from this, you're talking about your, your 18 to 21 year old period of life. What was what stands out from that period for you?
1: Uh, well, Basia has opened a lot of interesting thoughts and provoking ideas, but going back to 18 to 21 years old, um I was uh, entering my, uh, I was in my first years of university, I guess. And um, unlike Basu, I hadn't started any career in education. Um, I wasn't even thinking about it at all, actually. Um, um, but I guess what would stand out for me uh, in this period is in um, 2011. Um, and it was not a teacher in a form of a, of a human being, but it was a, a revolution. Um and for me, this point was a uh, pivotal and um, it's changed me in a big way. Uh, and in, on so many different layers, um, that up until now, I keep thinking of how th- things keep kept unfolding since that moment or since 2011. Um, there are many direct ways and there are more subtle ways that we can speak about or I can reflect on uh, up until today, but... Um, if we're talking about uh, these years specifically, um, definitely 2011 and the revolution was a major impact on my personal life and my per- personal understanding of education, learning, engage- engagement in general. And uh, yeah. How old
0: awesome. were you in, in 2011?
1: Uh, I guess I was uh, 20 years, 19, 20, huh. around this age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to to, to go in that a bit more.
0: Like, what what did you what were some of the lessons that you learned, or what was some of the, like, and also maybe like, could you share a, a key moment or, or 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 you know a particular like experience that that would encapsulate what that period, what that event
1: meant for you? Oh, uh, mm, yeah, it's uh, we don't speak a lot about uh, two thousand eleven now, but. Uh, <laughs> It, um, there are so many levels and for me specifically personally it's it you know it's kind of a, a waking up call for me to uh, start have more intention in my life in general uh, generally speaking um, it made me go deeper I guess into what I am doing and what I want to do and what's my relationship with my country and my friends and what kind of engagement I do with them and um, it opened up a, a whole new chapter for me. Um, yeah, uh, I guess it got me just personally deeper with what I'm doing, what I'm seeking, and um, what's my purpose. Um, yeah, and um, so many, I mean, so many subtleties as well came out after uh, 2011. Um, Justin, your friends, who are your friends? what do you speak about? Like, what do you read? Um, For instance, I, and honestly, I wasn't really into education or schooling or university or even reading before that. And something shifted afterwards. Um, And it's not like a, it's not something that I can explain it in one, two, three, but it's, it was a process, I guess it was a process. And, and it unfolded many layers uh, within me. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's something that a lot of people share here um but yeah,
0: yeah. my sense is that um you know that that in the, in the past you know two or three years you know all you know everyone in the world and 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 also the students that we have been working with here are are the people who came of age during the covid you know disruption of uh of the last few years and uh and i think you know, the major historical events, whatever they are, revolutions, pandemics, um, they're, they're watershed events that cause people to reexamine their lives. And uh, if you're coming of age, if you are becoming an adult in that period, that's especially, that, that that's, there's there's that, those are like marked kind of periods of time. So the conversations we've had with with young people coming out of that, who, people who finished high school online or people who were, whose whole lives are disrupted in some way during that period um, were, um, it's 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 certainly a diff, different quality to the conversations we've been having. I wonder if that's similar in some way and in a different kind of diffuse way. Yeah. So um yeah, then both of you, uh your 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 stories involve, you know, some real explorations in different parts of the world. Um and uh you know, educational explorations. And I wonder if you could talk about that and um about you know what what how how did you decide where you went and what were some of the things that you experienced in different different parts of the world that you were that you traveled to
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's it uh it's a big open-ended question
1: yeah
2: how mm-hmm. ah, you want to start uh you can go <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah well,
0: I mean Ahmed, maybe you could talk I know a little bit more about where you were <laughs> you were here and also yeah. to, to the the which was the, the, the folk high school you went to in Denmark?
1: Uh Brambia High School or Brandburg I guess in English. Yeah. Um so yeah, if uh okay, I guess I'm starting. <laughs> um so actually going to Denmark was my first eye opening to the world of education. And this was around, I guess, 2014. Um, so I went to Denmark not for the purpose of alternative ed- education, not for the purpose of uh, learning in an alternative way or anything. I just traveled with the purpose of, I finished university, I wanted to do something different. I was initially going to Colombia, plan didn't work out. Um, and I landed in Denmark uh, at the at Brambia, Um uh, it was funny because I'm, I'm I was going there um, with the sense that I'm going to work, assist in the school, whatever way I can, not necessarily teaching, Not like I was just going to spend some time there. And on my first day, I remember, um, like I met one of the teachers there and she told me, hi Ahmed, this is the school and, uh-huh, and today, uh, and, so, and starting today, you'll be a student for the next uh, few months. And I was... But it, it came to me as a sh- shock in the beginning um but just living there and, uh, and and being with the students at the school uh was again one of the most memorable and uh, and learning experiences that i've had like i start, i i had like very na- naive questions and like just like oh can we call this education or this learning is this really a school because i I came from a completely different background of traditional schools, um, and again, I didn't have the mindset of alternative education or our schooling, or I I didn't go with this uh, intent. Um, so yeah, I, I guess if you're asking me what what specifically um, about Denmark, I I feel it's um, it was more about how we lived together, how students and teachers um shared responsibility of the school um, whether it's cleaning whether it's cooking the t- the kind of classes we took the kind of discussions we had um just living in nature where we the school was in the middle of the forest um the nearest town was 20 minutes by bike um and the friendships and connections you made are were very intense it was a very intense experience i must say um yeah. Uh and then like from there I started asking, oh, interesting. We can this is education, this is a school. So what is education? What is learning? And uh kind of the distinction between learning and school started to appear very from afar. Um and yeah, and I was intrigued, I was very excited. Um, and going back to Egypt, I had this eye of what is education and started engaging with um, civil society and NGOs uh, in the educational field, um, alternatively. Um, And from there, working a bit in Egypt, I then came to uh, Biroqua. Uh, This is when we first met, you and I. Um, And yeah, but this time, the difference was, like this time I knew what I was doing, kind of, uh, in a sense, I I wanted to document an alternative, school like whole system like pedagogy admissions everything um and i was Yanni, very grateful coming to youth initiative and meeting you and meeting all other uh teachers there uh they were you were all very open and you made the experience much more smoother Yanni, um by allowing to me to enter the classes the meetings faculty meetings whether it's curriculum whether it's finance um yeah, and and from there it kept going. Uh, and Viroko, I can speak also a lot about the the place, but I guess you you're here, so you can do much better than what I'll yeah. do. I should
0: mention for for people listening who who uh, who are curious in in the experience that Ahmed's describing. The, um, the, the teaching internship position that he participated in um, at the Youth Initiative High School is something that continues um, and actually now is affiliated with Thoreau College. Um, this coming year, we'll have a couple of um, teaching fellows who are teaching at Youth Initiative, living within the context of Thoreau College. And so that's, that's, that's one of the programs really that we are, we are offering for, for older, uh, for people who are interested in being teachers. So that's great. Um, Basti, mm-hmm. So you you spent time at the Island School, um, it was a semester school in the Bahamas. Also, I know a little bit about it, um, and uh, another interesting, very distinctive place. And, and, and well, yeah, I wonder you, know, were you what you may have took from that, or and, and and other experiences you might have had. You know, coming out of you know, teaching the GSEs and uh, IB courses, so it's like is there's something very you know preparing people for, t- for taking tests, a very formal curriculum. So these are different sorts of educational experiences.
2: Correct. And, and I think the transition was smoothened by ALA. <laughs> so ALA plays ALA, the African Leadership Academy in South Africa. It kind of plays this transitional role. Um, when I think of my you know, career, um, I think of these two major steps, ALA, Island School, but there's a lot also that happened in between. But um, these two places, I, I owe a lot to in terms of my learning, my own education like Ahmed was, was just saying um, ALA has an inter- a really interesting model uh, trying so ALA is a two-year program as opposed to the Island school Island school semester program. ALA is a two-year program it takes exceptional students from around the continent uh, the African continent and um, they kind of they go through two parallel programs, one that is the GCSEs um, and another home homegrown curriculum it is around african identity the mission of the school is to develop the next generation of african leaders and it is um this is very much you know you could you can know this the moment you step foot on the on campus you'll know that this is a school that's trying to raise the next generation of african leaders um so it was a really interesting i went to la to essentially to be with people who who love what they what they do mm-hmm. this is really why i went to la um i was trying to find this in egypt and although you can find here people here and there uh, who can, you know, who are really passionate about education, but they're not in one space. And for my own development, I needed this. I was not read, yet ready to start something or to do something and it's highly un- inform, uninformed. And um, so I think going to LA is just, you know, more than the students. Students, of course, were amazing, but the faculty and, and the team behind it were all so very passionate about it. Whether you agree with them, with their stances on different topics or not, but they're rich conversations. Uh, and this is something that I found at ALA. Um, is very unique to ALA, I think. The the, the, the the team is a really strong, passionate team, very well-informed, very learned people, and um, and then, so you know, th- this was the transition for me to stay in the G- GCSEs, but at the same time, see how education can be different. You know, f- first time for me a boarding school, first time for me in 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 a, in a curriculum that's not graded. We're talking about mastery transcripts. We're talking about things that for me was the first time to hear about. Um, and then, you know, the opportunity of Island School because Island School in ALA had a partnership. Uh, with the, we we sent two of our students. We sent two of our students to to their summer school. Uh, and my advisee came and I was an advisor and my, adv- my advisee came. She was like, Mr. Bass, you have to go to Island school. It is, it is all you, uh, Sean. <laughs> uh, she is, she's very close to my heart. Uh, and, and I I got in touch with them. They had, they had no vacancies. I said, Hey, like, I'm really interested in the work you're doing. Uh, let me know whenever there's a good op- opportunity for me to come. And they reached out a year later <laughs> And they're like, "Hey, there is a good, a good opportunity now." And I went, and again, another major transformation for for my for my career, in a sense. I really learned. I I saw that you know, Thoreau College is, is one of the things that's trying to do is trying to root itself in a place based education, mm-hmm. and this is also very central to the Island School. You know, the Island School is is all about place based. Chris Maxey, the founder, Chris and Pam the founders, um, he is all about experiential learning an expedition based learning um and i i went also to the island school in a transitional phase to the island school and chris and i were working on developing a, a curriculum um that is really kind of this the center of it is expeditions and the center of it is experiential he did not want students to be in the classroom for more than a few minutes mm-hmm. he wanted the students <laughs> to always be out and it was me, you know, rooting, Chris is more of a dreamer. And it was it was me and, and also definitely other faculty members who trying to build an education experience around the experience itself. Um, so I think there I learned a lot. I learned about more about holistic education, more about being a community, you know, be, living and being in a community where, again, in, in a lot of parallels with Thoreau College, growing some of our own food you know, generating some of our own power. Um, our students are hands-on, hands hands-on. Hands on. I wouldn't say so much as, like, as thorough colleges, they're not super involved in kind of organizationally and, you know, strategically the development of the, of, of, of the school. But they're, very like, they're working with their hands. And this is something that I haven't seen anywhere else. Like, students are, it was a student's call to say, are we still taking showers? Do we have enough water to take showers? Or <laughs> is it going to be, you know, sea showers from now on? and students will do the call back to say hey community we can we can take showers again so to give students this power and and to make them that involved in the community and uh, was something for me that is 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 awesome you know cuz like ahmed i i i never thought of this as education you know uh, coming from a more class based education by class i mean classroom based education mm-hmm. uh, it was this this you know the definition of education that we we kind of grow up with uh, although we are exposed to other types of education all our, our lives it's just not named that Right. Uh, so i was always i did martial arts since i was nine years old but i never thought of it as an, a, a, an educational tour an educational system until that until a lot of things happen and then you know i was able to see the practice that i'm doing every day as educational i was able to see my relationship with my mother as educational so in that sense, it was kind of revolutionary in, in my own thinking. Um, it it allowed me to see day to day things, things that happen every day, as an opportunity for education, uh, and it allowed me to reflect on, on on you know other ordinary parts of my life that are actually with more reflection become a lot more prominent, and take you know take a lot more mental space. And with more reflection, there's a lot that that can come out of it. Um, so I think. These two opportunities were were pivotal in, in in the shaping of my thinking of education. Definitely in the thinking of Noor. I mean, Deep Springs is a I'm a distant lover of Deep Springs. <laughs> uh I had I had a one of my students. I I wrote a recommendation letter for him to go there, uh, and he went there. Sammy. Um, I'm I'm definitely a distant lover of Deep Springs and their model. And a lot of an Ahmed would know. A lot of the times we talk strategically about Noor. We 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 bring in deep springs and and try to get inspired by the work they do um, yeah. but but being at the island school and and being at ala formed a lot of of what noor is or trying to be and also you know personally uh it formed a lot of the ways that, that i think um so yeah i think i i you know there's a, a million ways to to describe the two, the two experiences but at the island school, I really I really learned the how. And and at, at the ALA, I really learned kind of the why or the what. Uh island School is also very big on the why, you know. Mm-hmm. There are two schools that are rooted in something, and that's something else. I was trying to find something in Egypt um that that is educating for a higher purpose, not for exams, mm-hmm. for something, you know. Whatever this thing is, whether we agree with it or not, I was just trying to find an education institution that's trying to do something with people, not only trying to get them through exams. And and ALA was doing this, you know, you, if you're a student in ALA, you you carry this responsibility from day one, being, you know, a, a leader for Africa. And if you are if you are an island school, you carry this responsibility from day one. You we are trying to raise a generation of people who are sustainably aware and environmental stewards and vice gerents to, to, to the to the earth. So this and in this sense, you know, it was education was always rooted in something bigger uh, than, or something as big as it should be, and not just I'm teaching you because I want you to get an A, which was a lot of my experience in the early days too. Uh, But I also have, I mean, I'm not going to talk a lot, but I also have something to say about this education, because I feel like in the criticism of this type of education, we throw the baby with the bathwater. So I think there is a lot to be said here too.
0: Beautiful. Lots lots of powerful stuff there. Um, Yeah. uh, Thank you for that. I think I was struck by description of 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 an awareness of of everything in life everything that you're doing as as education and that i think this the holistic education that that you're you're developing there and the deep springs models that we're doing here is is um is really you know that's a core concept that that inspires me for sure is everything that happens in an organization whether it's fundraising or washing the dishes or you know (laughs) or uh, you know or, or or working through conflicts you know these are all really rich educational opportunities and they are wasted in most forms of education by outsourcing them hiring someone else to do them you know not involving students in 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 these kind of real nuts and bolts of of life that that are happening they're they're there they're necessary to run an organization or to maintain a facility or to 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 feed people and um and uh, you know, there, there, there's. I'm always trying to think about ways. How can we include the students in this, whatever it is? And uh, and 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 usually you can. And, and and students have a lot to add. So that that's awesome. So right before we get too much farther into this, we need to. Yeah, could you you describe Noor? Like, what what is what is. You know, I think really encourage people to to go and check out the, the website and get some visuals from this. It's a remarkable place. And, uh, but yeah, it tells the story. What, what is, what is newer like? And, uh, and what
2: is involved in it?
1: Nice. You want to go this?
2: Way? Okay. Um, so noor is, um, we are, um, so it's always very hard to, to describe Noor. So Noor, I think, is it's a place that's trying to revive an approach to holistic education, essentially. Um we are we are based in Santa Catrine, although we don't have a space, a Noor space there yet. But this is our classroom, Santa Catrine, the mountains of Santa Catrine. We call it our sacred classroom because it's really a sacred classroom. it has been historically, historically sacred for, for many years in um and it is our place that we kind of we run our programs in, and we are trying to revive a holistic education. Um, and by that we mean we the education that we're trying to provide for our students is an education that's not only based, um that's not only trying to develop a certain aspect of them, but trying it's trying to develop them as human beings, as full human beings, acknowledging the fact that they have a body, they have a mind, and they have a soul. And these three, these three. Um, parts or these three aspects of the human being they they need attention. they need different attention. Um, we don't claim to give spiritual education uh, but we uh, but we hope we hope that th- through the education of the body that we give and through the education of the mind that we give that they can work that we leave space and we create an environment where they can grow grow spiritually. This is something that we hope for and, and we design for. We don't necessarily teach or 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 preach spiritual education. We're not prepared for it, and we're not we're definitely not um, the people to do it. Um, I think the you know as I was I was just talking about my experience at Island School and 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 Ala, and they've been in a lot of ways forming um, forming a lot of Noor. But I think specific things that are not in these institutions or specific things that are, that are unique to Noor is a relationship not only to the land and place but to the people there mm-hmm. our our faculty are bedouin all all more faculty are bedouin people uh, we we take our students we we just we create we create the experience we facilitate the experience but the people we take our students to to talk with to learn from are the bedouin people and and the idea of tradition is central to our approach can you hear me well yep uh, the idea of tradition is, is central to our approach so um one of one of my teachers say there's a difference between well he he quotes another person saying there's a difference between tradition and traditionalism tradition is the living faith of the dead traditionalism is the dead faith of the living you no know, and that's that's a famous quotation and I, I just don't know I can't remember who said it but this is really what we this is really what Noor is about we are trying in our best to revive. Not a tradition, but the idea of traditional learning, you know, and that's why and Ahmed can talk a lot more about Qigong and the, everything that we're trying to do here is we are trying to regenerate. This is in Egypt. We're trying the, Our programs are run both in Arabic and in English. We have students from all over the Arab world um, and we are trying to generation that is rooted in tradition. You no, know, we don't want a generation that is not rooted. So we, we're trying to raise a, a generation that is rooted in tradition and its own traditions, but at the same time conversant with you know contemporary cultures and contemporary problems. We are, we have learned a lot from the West. We have learned a lot from the West and we keep learning a lot from the West, but there's certain things that we cannot take from the West. Uh, we have to stay true to our identity. Um, and to our to our reasoning and to our to our thinking, and this is something we try to shed light on and more. You know the readings that we bring, we try to read for people who are who are lost in translation, and to read for people who have um, just not the marketing for them has not been done well. And we try to revive. We have we have great thinkers, um, and the you know part of the program. And I'd love to if you can come down one time and we, you can see our program and at least we can give you a booklet. The readings that we do bring from bring from different traditions. again we're not we're not focused on one tradition right we we teach students readings or we we provide readings from the Islamic tradition, from the Jewish tradition from the from the Christian tradition, from the Buddhist tradition and also from the Bedouin tradition and from the from other you know South, South, um, East, Eastern traditions and Western traditions. So um, and the idea is we want our students to understand what's happening to be able to to speak, and to be able to, you know, engage in an intellectual discourse on the contemporary problems, but not go in this discourse without a rooting, because that can make them drift away. So um I think what we do in nor is we try to revive a holistic approach. Traditional learning is or the traditional approach to learning is central to to the development of of our of our students at Noor. And the place is an immense, immense asset and immense. Uh, gift from god really
0: i i really like I, this needs to be underlined in everyone who hears about this i mean you what you were doing there um you talk about grounding what you're doing in tradition and i mean you were doing this program you could say at the literal birthplace of the whole abrahamic civilization right, right? uh <laughs> you know on on, on i mean the, the sacred classroom i mean there is no more sacred space in the whole in the whole world, really, than that place. I mean, it's 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 pretty. Um, just hearing about about this being manifested in that place and with the with the Bedouin people of that place is
2: is just totally mind blowing to me. <laughs> so, we we talked to our students about that. Yeah. We said this is the place that God chose to train Moses, <laughs> and this <laughs> is the place, the place that Jesus came to, and this is the place also that Muhammad spoke about, our Prophet peace be upon him. So it's a uh, um, it's it's really a place in... You know, especially in the midst, and its its geographical location is also extremely interesting because you know it is very close to areas of conflict, but it is it is a safe haven. Hmm. You know, you go to Saint Catherine and you will find Saint Catherine is is is, is the the place is named after a Christian. You know, a, a monastery, a very sacred monastery. The population is Egyptian, and the 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 the, the, the tourism, the main tourism, is from the Jewish community, <laughs> and they're all living together. In, in extreme harmony you know without raising any flags or without you know doing hugs or it's just the environment there is is I think I think the way it should be you know we are all at the end In my tradition we say this you have to learn to be human before you learn to be a Muslim if you can't get humanity right there's no way you'll be able to be a Muslim you know and I think people there get that people there get people there get the idea of we're we're humans we can agree on that.
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm. Ahmed, do you want to add anything?
1: Um I guess the whole thing about one of the main pillars is tradition. Um and tradition and traditional ways of learning as well. Um and for me personally, and this is where um when Basunia and I first met, I feel like we there are different connections that happened. One of them uh, was the idea like We both come from a tradition. Um, And for me, it was most, the idea is recent in a sense that I, when I entered the um, Mishka, it also kind of changed in my perspective to the whole idea of what learning is. Uh, And I was coming from a background of working for years in alternative education. And like the idea of there's, it's a facilitator, not a teacher. And it's not about the knowledge, it's about the process. And there's like, and all these I don't want to say stereotypes about alternative education, but all these big words, we it's kind of being said. Um, and I was coming from this background, uh, but then going into Mishke and learning traditionally martial arts and having a teacher who has the knowledge, which I don't have in a very direct way. Uh, <laughs> um, it was a bit challenging, to be honest, in the beginning, at least with my own self and my own thoughts. And I remember I used to go back To my other friends who we like we work together and like at the school we do this that and this is not what we're doing and like this is not kind of a philosophy or how we go um but i guess the transformation happened um when when i just started training and training and training um i'm getting more into understanding i'm i'm not saying that i understand what is tradition or traditional way of learning but it's i'm I'm getting at least a bit closer to how traditions and traditional way of learning and the relationship that Bus you spoke about with the teacher and with the lineage. It's not just about the person, right? It's um the teacher, the, the person is just uh is he's transmitting knowledge. Knowledge that sometimes it's not even written in books, it's not you cannot Google it, you cannot scientifically prove it. <laughs> it's um It's just you have a teacher and there's a a certain trust, um, a certain respect, and you take the knowledge and you, as someone who who graduated and now became a teacher, who also transmit it. So, which means there needs to be a certain kind of trust and respect in the system, and in the way how traditionally people used to seek knowledge, which is a, which also is an important. Um, I guess uh, aspect also at Nur is how we how we view knowledge, um, and it's not just about yeah we have a reading program and it's it's very intentional and we 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 do have a curriculum, but it's 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 definitely about living with the Bedouins. It's definitely about waking up at seven a.m. practicing, uh, and then cooking and then cleaning, and then hiking, and doing a workshop with a Bedouin, whether it's walking with a shepherd or like sitting with the wise man of Katrine, it's it's definitely about all of these. Um, and this is all knowledge for us. Um, and I guess for Noor, yeah I would I would definitely agree and uh, and as we said before, I, I think Jacob that this is something that we're still understanding more as we as we do more programs, as we do more readings, as we have more talks, it's something that we're still understanding. And it's very interesting how things are unfolding between the three of us, because Basuni, uh, myself and Ale, uh, we keep having discussions about, what do we mean by tradition? (laughs) You know, (laughs) are we our holders of a specific kind of tradition or what? And and yeah, and it took us to many places, um, but I would say like tradition, being in nature and yes of course it's saint catherine is a sacred place um, but also there's a quality of living when you live in the mountains uh, when you're living when you wake up you're, you're not in, most of our students i guess come from a city whether it's cairo or another smaller city and so do we and we all live in a well i guess in our team i'm the person who lives in cairo <laughs> so <laughs> just living in the mountains and living in nature um you connect to something different that you're not used to when you live in the city um and then you it's kind of more like it, it doesn't need to be talked about we don't talk about how does the mountains make you feel like but it's you see how every day something ah uh, you, you you change a little bit more huh? we have no network you cannot access even if you want to you cannot access anything else <laughs> we're just inside we are together and that's it um so yeah, I would say yeah, it's it's a very inspiring and and yeah, I I, um, I second what Bass you said that um, maybe one day you'll be able to come and uh, we experience this to, together and uh, and I'm sure you have a lot of experience as well in like going into the forest and kind of understand what we're speaking about here. Uh, <laughs> but, but Saint Catherine is different, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh,
0: yeah, one of the things you remind me of is, is deep springs. You know, since we know about deep springs, um, you know the the see there's a similar development although that was over 100 years ago there um about the founder of deep springs really particularly what's the what's the curriculum it's it's working it's living together it's it's self-governing then you know behind all that there's the desert right and he said to the students at deep springs you know just listen to the voice of the desert <laughs> yeah. right and and that yeah that that is that's that the context is so so important for the for the education happening yeah there.
1: yeah
2: yeah
0: So can we um...
2: also? Sorry, go ahead. Go. That's it. There's just an important thing, but I don't know if you know that the name itself means "nur" and it's an Arabic word that means light. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the name itself is inspired by traditions, right? So, light is a symbol of of enlightenment in many traditions. Um, And also, I would say it's it's kind of this this understanding of light or this metaphor of light is is taken also in, in, in modern world but in many traditions light is a light is a symbol of an a, enlightenment and when i said we don't necessarily teach spiritual education in some traditions you can never teach there's no spiritual education really that, that happens you cannot teach spirituality something you have to this is a, an inner journey so and and there's this you know idea of light being there is light that's available to everyone, and then there's light that only a few can access, and only a few can find. And it's not, it's not an elitist perspective, but it's by this view, it's the few who are able to, to do the work or who are willing to do the work, right? So this is something also we shed light like to and is the name, We what we can do, everything that we can do is help the outward journey, help, help the journey, show you the light outwardly, right? But to 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 see the light in, it's an inward journey, and only you can embark on that, and only you can can help yourself with that. So, um, I just wanted to shed light on the name, shed lights on the <laughs> name, because uh, uh, <laughs> I think it's essential to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That thank
0: you. Yeah, that that's that's important. I would ask about that. Um, can you just just nuts and bolts concretely, you know how how many people participate in these programs how old are they how long are the programs and any a little bit about about the the kind of s- the day-to-day structure of them that, that you could share to give people a, a concrete image
1: mm-hmm. do you mean in general or in one program how many students in one program let's say at a time in a, in a cohort or you know within within the group uh-huh. um um I guess we can take the next... So actually, we're uh, um, we're, we're preparing to travel next Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night uh, to our summer program, which is uh, the longest program Noor has done uh, so far. Um, so th- this time, it's also the, uh, uh, the program with, with the most people participating. So it's nine students, right? Bless you. Am I correct? Nine students. We're going for 10 days um, in the desert um the age for the summer program so we have two programs two kind of programs. there's a summer program and there's a winter program that's dedicated more to adults um you can speak about why and how did this happen but the summer program which was the um, main program that Nur developed around initially uh, right like a summer program for students uh teenage students so from 15 to 19 years old um so yeah this this summer we're going with nine students from from 15 to 19 years old we're going to St. Catherine uh for 10 days um and then we also have like a winter program which usually happens uh late December I guess early January um and it's it's directed towards adults uh and it, and each year depends on the theme there's a different theme and accordingly we have people who are interested in the team for example last last winter it was about on uh, learning and education and we had a group of teachers and people working in education in general mm-hmm. um winter programs are usually um shorter in period uh, at least for now um just for sake of logistics and people working and stuff um yeah did i forget anything you yeah
2: we we haven't talked jacob we, we i know you're also you know the idea of micro colleges so i don't know what's the definition of micro but we're definitely small and we want to be small hmm. yeah so i think there,
0: there are things about a desert environment i mean this is part of the deep spring story as well There there they the number of students the size of that community is specific to that environment right you you really shouldn't have more than you know the number of people they have there in the valley which is you know about 25 students and you know about 40 or so people total. Um, and I imagine that's true there as well. Um, I, I, so you you describe the, the the Bedouin you know as the faculty, right? Can you talk about that collaboration and 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 how how are these programs designed and 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 what is the what is was it like to work together with with people from you know who are who are living in the desert and have that
2: kind of context? Yeah. Um... So first of all, this started as a personal relationship, right? So I was I I was I went to Saint was since I don't know more than ten years. In a lot of ways, the founder of Noor. Um he he helped put a lot of things in Noor together. So I always also talk about this: is was not only founded by. You know people outside of the mountains. It was it was very much also founded by people from the mountains, right. uh from the Bedouin community. And he introduced me to different people because there's this and he always says this, says this, uh, there's a certain type of tourism that, that the mountain attracts. You know, um the, the beach has its its magic. Uh but for you to go to the mountain, you're not really going for like there's <laughs> you're going to work. Even if you want to hike, you're going to work. <laughs> so there's just this brings certain type of even the tourism, you know, the, the 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 types of tourists that go there. So I was going there and I was very curious just about the culture there and um and how the how are they living and all this. And it was a very it was a relationship that started, you know, small and it developed slowly, slowly over time. And then we got introduced to Ahmed was just talking about Hakim Katrine, the the wise man of the mountains, or the the wise man of Katrine. People there call him the wise man. Or doctor, he's a doctor by Hakim is an is an interesting Arabic word. It mm-hmm. doesn't really have an accurate translation in English, but it's it's a it's a, it means doctor. It can one one sense of it means doctor, and one sense of it means wise man. Um a medicine. so this is a person who our students go to. Sorry. Well there's a
0: there's a there's a concept, uh, uh, you know a phrase that's associated with Native American uh cultures of, of the medicine man, right? Which is Medicine, doctor, medicine—not only in a physical, biological sense, but also in a in a spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and and an elder yeah. and wise woman,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so talking about men and women. So we, you know, we go to Doctor Ahmed and and uh, our students just talk with him, and it's really hard to guide the conversation beforehand or to kind of preface the conversation with Doctor Ahmed because he has a lot in him, and you just can't limit that or you can't direct that. You want you want students to direct this conversation, and we. Some of the things we keep refining is how can we help our students learn in this way, right? To a lady, which is again a, a mountain lady, a wise mountain lady, who has just left left the city of Santa Catrin, which is nothing like the city you'd imagine. It's very, <laughs> you know, it's, it's literally surrounded by mountains, um, very small population. And she left the city. Out of uh, uh, out of out of love and out of duty. You know, I think she would describe these as out of love and out of duty to the mountains. And she said, "If you ask her why would you, why did you leave the city and go live in the mountains?" Twenty five years ago, and this is an old lady. I'm talking about something I don't know. Maybe she's eighty something now, hmm. and she's still growing her own food. She's living alone, growing her own food, taking care of her her own sheep, building mm-hmm. houses, building her, her own, own, yeah. Hands. She wow. is very old and, and she has this energy. And if you tell her, you know the mountains and say, you know, the mountain, I can't leave the mountains to sleep alone. This they just converse with these people and they, they learn a lot from them. Whatever Ahmed was saying that every program has a theme. Whatever the theme is, you know, we try. This these talks you can get out of it in whatever lens you're putting on. This is how this is how I think of the theme. We can put the sustainability lens and do the same exact thing, and then you can put you know the beauty lens. We had a program on the idea of beauty, and you 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 say the same exact thing, but then you just look at it from a different angle. Teaching a learning lens. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really direct what the Bedouins say or control or want to control that, mm-hmm. uh, but we just introduce our students to people who have a lot of knowledge. And and knowledge just overflows from from these people, and they can they can talk with them. Harbeya, you know the shepherd that Ahmed was talking about. Just walking with Harbeya, seeing how she treats animals, she is seeing her relationship with the animal, her relationship with the mountain, you know. Um, and it's something that we're try, we're trying to get better at constantly. Is how can students are not used to just doing an ordinary thing like conversation. And thinking of this as the classroom, the the learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much can we preface this and and equip students with tools to 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 flesh out this conversation and make most out of it? So I don't know if this answers your question, but we right. it, it 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 came from relationships with the Bedouins, um, trusting. You know, the Bedouin is like Bedouin people are traditional people. They they have slow trusting process. So. The first time you come around, they're not like the second time. They're not like the third time. They're not like the fourth time. They slowly open up and they slowly trust you. Um, so it's definitely a slow developing relationship, still developing. Hopefully,
1: yeah. Um, and yeah, just adding on that, I uh, having again. It's as Bastian was saying, like having Saint Catherine and like the discussions and the hikes and the walks and the cooking as the classroom as we as he was describing it's uh yeah it's it's a beautiful process it's also challenging uh, and in different ways uh, from an educational lens how to um how to design for that but because again it's you cannot direct it and this is what makes it beautiful and more natural and and you can able to connect to it more um at the same time of course um you have the discussions there with the students because we, we all live in a city in some way, right? And we, we're, we're all not used to having knowledge being as someone sharing a story, for example. And this is considered a precious piece of knowledge that's been transmitted through, like, I don't know, hundreds of years. And this is kind of what traditions are, right? Or like it's shared experiences being shared, <laughs> uh, the stories being shared from one generation to the other. Um But then having a discussion with students of, oh, this is like, this is not scientific. He was, uh, I don't know, he was lying. How did he know that uh, this plant would do whatever? Like, it's a very interesting process and challenging in a way to how to facilitate it in a sense from, because again, it, it doesn't matter what we believe, but how to just facilitate the process of making things i guess as neutral as it can be of course we all believe in in, and and we have a an agenda in terms of like what we believe in and our ideologies and stuff but how to not let it influence so we don't want to romanticize the idea of traditions and the idea of mountains but we just want to provide it as an opportunity that it's it's not there anymore uh, at least in our context in my context specifically um it's 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 not available to have this opportunity of living and seeing different ways of living um, and you hope for the subtleties of learning uh that that come in and rise in between all the moments between the schedule between the readings all the subtleties in between yeah, and you hope that things will and inspire people and let us and move into our days it happens right it
0: happens yeah yeah (laughs) yes isn't that the magic i really yeah that i resonate with that that very strongly (laughs) but what 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 a what a remarkable um opportunity to have you know just the the privilege to connect with with people there who have who have that deep, deep connection to the tradition, to the place, and, and they're willing to share it. That, that's that's so special. It's so what a remarkable thing.
1: Yeah.
2: So one of, the, one of the sorry to add one thing super quick is one of the things that uh, the hakim that shares always, and I find this super interesting, is he says I'm I'm there, I'm in the mountains, and I I have tried to teach students, and I'm looking for students, but I can't find any. Wow! <laughs> you know, yeah and this this is a really is a really different approach and you will find this also in martial arts mm-hmm. we we're talking about martial arts yeah. the idea of studentship the idea of being a student it is not easy to be a student you know and we talk with we talk about this also with our students is a student is not something that you it's not a label that you get it's a label that you have to work for traditionally oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's a label that you have to work for you know even in martial arts Everyone can come. Everyone can come and do a class, or you know, can come and, and do something like Ahmad teaches qigong. Everyone, I can join a qigong class, but that doesn't mean I'm a qigong student. That is a that is a category that I have to work for, and I have to show seriousness, and I have to show, yeah. I have to show commitment. And so, you know, this always uh, fascinates me about how many students, how many people would love to 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 be with Dr. Ahmed in the mountains millions but how many people can do the work you know and this mm-hmm. comes to the inner journey that i was talking about is and ever brand she's a she's she's ever brand is, is, is an excellent catholic um, um, writer um and i say catholic because she she belongs from this tradition and she says everyone wants to change the world but no one wants to do the work <laughs> and i find this true in 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 many many things Mm. so yeah i just wanted to shed light on this is again something that we talk with, the, with our students about is that the idea of being students you know and because he and these days everyone is called student you know you go to school you're a student automatically but this mm-hmm. where's the work that you've done to earn this
0: yes beautiful yeah that's a great question um yeah so into this you know the the one of the fascinating things about what you are are developing there and and, and modeling is you know yeah. this I mean you can't imagine a deeper traditional setting than the one that you're, you're introducing people into, but you're also bringing these the martial arts traditions you're bringing in in this this these things from 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 world culture in various ways and um, can you talk about that and what what is you know how does that kind of um, meld with with the the rhythms of the day and of the program, but also with this idea of tradition
1: mm-hmm. uh, Well, I guess at the end of the day it really goes back to why are we doing what we're doing right? Um, I I think to cut it to cut it short it's because again knowledge, is is one right we if, if you believe and uh, there's a core belief uh, at nur is like knowledge is one if you're seeking knowledge it doesn't matter if you're doing qigong it doesn't matter if you're going to the church or if, it doesn't matter if you're praying in the mosque it doesn't matter what tradition you're doing it doesn't matter if you uh sci- if you if you're a teacher or if you're a scientist or it really doesn't matter because the path um eventually is one uh, in the sense of what, in the sense of what we we're just speaking about, like to be able to do the work, and one of the th- uh, one of the things that I love about martial arts and what has influenced influenced me uh, dramatically uh, is the idea of work, is the idea of gongfu, um, and there is a misconception of the of the term gongfu. It it's a, it is usually related uh, to uh, to hitting or martial arts. But Gong fu uh, in Chinese it's uh, it refers to gong is a word and fu. so it refers to work, effort and time hmm. so it has nothing to do with martials with martial arts it is applied in martial arts because to to be able to nourish and refine your skill uh, martial art as well because it's an art at the end of the day you need to have you need to do you need to have your gong fu and huh? in, in China you you can have a if you just go to a person and say I'm doing uh, gong fu it doesn't really mean a thing because what's your gong Fu in you can be a baker you can be a photographer a painter right um, but the 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 main thing underlined is the effort and time you put in a skill to refine it um, so I so and I, I love this concept and it's it's taking me years to to fully understand it and implement it into my life. Um, Um, I'm lucky to be able um, to have my teacher Taha Hassuna at Mishkeh, and to have a place as Mishkeh in Cairo which is very random to have it here like a martial (laughs) arts school, a full time martial arts school Um, but I'm I'm lucky to have this place because it it teaches you um, again not always in a direct way, it's very challenging sometimes I I totally agree with the concept or I totally feel in line with, with uh, something and t- sometimes not. But I mean, the whole process of trusting into the tradition, trusting into the process um, is actually what makes um, the whole learning experience um, valuable, I guess. So going, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but uh, but going back to Noor, bringing, for example, martial arts or specifically Qigong um, my specific lineage in Qigong, um, and it's taught in a traditional way, and so we teach we teach it at in a traditional way. Um, part of it is understanding; it's part of understanding what is traditions, and again, we we are still playing with this idea and still understanding it. And part of it is un- understanding traditional way of learning. Like there is a teacher, there is something introduced. Uh, to you physical um and there's the experience itself so what's very what i I love about martial arts is there's a lot of philosophy right like bruce lee be like water my friend Uh, and it's a very famous quote but it has a lot of meaning and what i love about martial arts is you take all these ideas all these philosophies and you practice it with your body right? right you don't just talk about them you train, you train every day for seven hours, for eight hours. You do things that you don't understand why you're doing it, but you it's either you trust the process, you trust the Gong Fu uh, of the tradition, right? There's thousands of years uh, and knowing also that you're not just doing something. Ah, uh, it's not that, oh, uh, I feel like I want to do this today. No, it's uh, the, it's been thousands of years. People have been sharing experiences, sharing knowledge and you're part of this kind of transmission um mm-hmm. so feeling so to feel like doing qigong in egypt and santa catherine San, uh, <laughs> santa catherine or saint catherine like why are you doing it well because it it, uh, for me and for us and i hope for this for our students as well because it makes you understand that learning learning traditionally is something that um It takes you um, It takes you. Yanni, it takes you above the content. If if that if this makes sense. It takes you. It's it's not. Yes, of course we learn something content, but it's about the process. It's about mm-hmm. how we do it. Um, Journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this answers your question, yeah. but uh, please ask me if it doesn't, <laughs> or
0: ask you if I. <laughs> no, I think that that that. That definitely answers the question. And this is something you, you're doing Qigong like that's part of each day. Is that that's that's a that's a regular part of the, the practice during the, the summer program or during the program?
1: Uh yes. So it's um it's every day we wake up at seven a, a bit early and we start our practice at seven. Mm-hmm. Um and and of course part of it is using the physical, using our bodies to also um understand learning um we usually at least society now or this age we we are more into knowledge as in terms of books and readings and but really if if, if you if you don't know how our body functions if you don't know why why my why is it that my shoulders are stressed all the time uh, why is it that my neck is hurting even though i haven't been doing sports right um so there are very interesting questions that will make you reflect um about your whole being again right it's a holistic approach um um yeah what is it about the physical that makes you um like how can we learn from the physical as well and understand that it is one it's there there is no con uh, i mean it's not mind and body as if like there are two separate entities um and in martial arts and qigong you learn that the- <laughs> But if you go more deeper into theory and Chinese medicine, you understand that you cannot divide. You cannot divide them. They are the same. So by bringing this tradition, by bringing this physical practice, uh, we hope to bring it uh, and to connect to this physical and body and and nature as well. Like practicing in St. Catherine Catherine is is very different than practicing in the city, right? (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that, that, that's striking
0: in listening to both of you speak and, and reading your, your website is that you know I think a, a critique of contemporary education is that it really doesn't have a theory of the human being. It doesn't have an anthropology, right? What is what is a what is a human being? And and you can't really or it doesn't have an explicit one, right? You can't really have an education without without some theory of a human being. And so to talk about the relationship between the mind and the body, between the body, soul and spirit, between the sort of the, the things that you're working with is um it's it's really you know you're strikingly foregrounding that in 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 everything that you're choosing to do with the students which is is really is powerful. Um yeah, so we're we're kind of coming up on time here and I don't you know usually do this but I think I imagine that people listening to this are going to be really um inspired and excited about what you're doing and I'm wondering what um what kind of uh, you know how people could be involved or could support what you're doing if there's any way that people
2: could do that um, I think the the biggest support that we can get and, and it's from everyone really and I mean this truly is, is send us send us love send us light if you're if you're in a tradition or whatever you you kind of believe in you and in the world send us through this belief either prayer or 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 love and support or think of us good thoughts i think we strongly believe in this we strongly believe that you know praying for us or 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 thinking of us in, in in positive regard is is the biggest support we can get um and and there are i think before anything we'd ask you to come down and touch the journey Mm Finish this journey see you're always invited everyone around the world is always invited our 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 student program is is run in arabic and english our um, our adults program is run more in english because it invites you know practitioners from all over the world so we've had we've had people come from from the states we've had people come from the uk we've had people come from other parts of the world um and and we invite really people, especially to the, to the adults program, to come from all over. And we are working also on a student's program that is more international mm-hmm. that can that can work with you know students from non-Arabic backgrounds. Um, you'll have to have some Arabic, but uh, to fully understand experience. But even with this, we are trying constantly. We've I think we've done well with with uh, people who don't speak any Arabic that can come and we translate mm-hmm. as much as we can uh, of the experience. Um, but yeah, I think supporting, I think before we ask of anything, send us love, send us prayers, send us, uh, send us your good thoughts, and and also come down and touch the journey. And, you know, you, you have been a great support, you know, to open up, uh, to open up a chance for us, even if, even if no one sees this or, or hears this, just for the three of us to talk about this, I think, offsprings of these conversations is, is of immense, immense use to us at Noor and, you know, to someone like you to have the generosity and the kindness to use, you know, an hour and a half of their time to speak about someone else's passion. <laughs> so this is, uh, so this is, this is, this is really, you know, ch- shows a lot of character, good character. And this is a great support. You know, we, every time we don't have, a, we don't have enough time to talk about Noor with each other. <laughs> so yeah, It's that's always true. good good for us to 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 speak about Noor, to hear to hear each other talking about Noor, and to form this understanding as we go. Yeah,
1: well,
0: it is certainly my pleasure. It is it's one of my favorite things to do is to have these conversations and just to become aware of this. It really, I see it. As, it's a global emergent phenomenon, and you know, I think um, you know. So you should know that that yeah, listed uh, Noor on our website, uh, the Thoreau College website there's a tab for the micro college movement and and yeah, i haven't mentioned this in a few episodes so people should if you're interested in this all the all the programs that 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 i've found out about and many people that have been interviewed are listed there um everything from from deep springs to Schumacher college to danish folk high schools to uh the the Kodawari program in, in japan um which which yeah. i don't know if you've listened yeah. to that episode you should really listen to that and yeah. the, their experience
2: i yeah, i read about it
0: um anyway it's it's a it's a it's a i feel like i've got a yeah, become aware of something happening in the world, which is very exciting. And I would say, you know, Noor and what you're doing there, um, uh, and, and the place that you're doing it, is one of the most exciting things I've heard about. So thank you also for taking your time to to share with it, and and thank you for your work, both of you. So, um,
1: yeah. oh, thank, thank you, Jake. Jacob. Really, in it. thank you for your work, really, and I mean it. Like, I'm not sure if I said it enough, but thank you for the work you do and for the opportunity. For creating this space for us to talk and share, and and yeah, and I was <laughs> as I was hearing Basuni, he's true, he's right in that sense. Like, we don't get a lot of time to speak about Noor in this sense, and I feel like every time we have a discussion about Noor, there's something new that that um that I learn about Noor or about Basu, or sometimes about his own personal story or, or about my like, it's very interesting how these discussions they create something uh, new. <laughs> yes.